welcome into the PHNX Cardinals podcast presented to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook app, America's top-rated sportsbook app. Don't forget to hit that like button, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, leave us a five-star review. I'm Johnny Venerable. He's Bo Brock. It's 53-man cut day. We are thankfully still employed at PHNX, PHNX <laughs> Cardinals. But unfortunately, today, a lot of players across the NFL landscape are going to be out of a job. The Cardinals, Bo Brock, are not doing us any favors. They have not released their finalized 53-man roster. But boy, oh boy, did they throw us a bone earlier today. The move that we had been waiting for for countless weeks on end finally happened, Bo Brock. The Cardinals have a brand new cornerback. They do. They got themselves Trayvon Mullen from the Las Vegas Raiders, a complete dumpster fire of a franchise that just continues to get rid of Mike Mayock and John Gruden additions. And Trayvon Mullen, a guy who was uh, limited to five games last year because he had a foot and he had a toe injury. He's a former second-round pick, a guy that comes over. He played at Clemson, part of that Natty championship team with Isaiah Simmons, a defense that you do want to pick players up from only surrendered 13.1 points per game, including just, what, 16 points in the national championship game against powerful Alabama. Yep. Like it. I love it. He didn't give up a touchdown his final season for the Tigers in less than 300 yards receiving against him. So you're hoping he can turn back the clock a little bit. So far, it's been a bit trying at the NFL level for Trayvon Mullen. I was talking to a Raider beat reporter today, blue check mark in the DMs, and just trying to pick his brain about what exactly we could expect from Trayvon because uh, most of us have not watched him since his time in Clemson. Uh, we know he was the 40th pick in the 2019 draft. Just behind Byron Murphy, now they are teammates. Uh, and here's what he said. He goes, uh, Cardinal fans are going to like him. He's a really good kid. If he gets past his foot issues, he can play. And most importantly, he can play on the outside. So, of course, he missed time last year. He had a foot. But two years prior than that uh, was a fixture in the Raiders' secondary. Somebody with all the length and size that you could want at the position. Bo, as you mentioned, 6'2". And he projects as the starting outside corner, presumably opposite Marco Wilson and Antonio Hamilton once he returns. And we'll get to that later. And then that allows Byron Murphy, somebody who everybody is high on, to move back to his natural position in the slot. Love this move. Seventh round pick that could turn into a six. Who cares? Trade those late round picks for proven players that can help this team win now. We're not talking about a second or a third or even a fourth, but a pick uh, that's essentially... You're throwing a lottery ticket out there, and now you get a guy who once upon a time was a top 40 player, and it's not like the Raiders overdrafted him. I, I went back, looked at the scouting reports this morning. NFL.com said immediate starter with plus mm -hmm. potential to potentially turn into a Pro Bowl kind of player. Now, obviously, Bo, that hasn't happened, but I'll take my chances with uh, taking a flyer from a Raider to a Cardinal now where presumably he's going to be coached and played better than he ever has been. And alongside Buda Baker and Jalen Thompson, you, you like his opportunity there in the secondary. Yeah, a lot of people can be lazy and say, hey, the Raiders just got rid of him because they didn't like the production in the first three seasons. But if you look at all the variables here, he was from the former regime. Uh, he was a guy that, uh, you know, he had a tough time at least last season staying healthy. But, he, you know, with Josh McDaniels and the new staff coming over there, they weren't playing the same defensive scheme any longer. So they right. didn't. They weren't going to play a lot of press. Guess who loves to play press? Old VJ, Vance Joseph. So he found his guy, a big body guy, six foot two, ran a 4.4640 at the combine. He's got good speed. But you're right. It's it's that kind of <clears throat> troublesome 
foot injuries that, you know, sometimes can linger with guys. But, you know, he didn't play any games in the preseason. He started the, the training camp on the PUP. So you got to imagine, you know, him coming along slowly. He should be ready to go coming off that toe injury that eventually sidelined him for the rest of the season last year for the Vegas Raiders. It wasn't like this team, the, the Raiders, uh, you know, with, who are primed to contend for another playoff spot this year with the addition of Devontae Adams. And, and you know, of course, they made it last year uh, that they just felt, hey, he wasn't good enough. I mean, they just didn't – It didn't. he doesn't fit their system anymore. He doesn't fit, you know, what Mike Mayock and John Gruden envisioned for him. So they found a trade partner. And I think the Arizona Cardinals, the reason that they were willing to to give up something because there was reports that he was going to be released anyway. Arizona and he would Cardinals not have made it. Right. Cardinals are 23rd as far as the waiver wire is concerned. You know, it falls on how the standings fell last year. Arizona Cardinals would have been pretty far down that waiver wire and uh, probably wouldn't have been with the Cardinals. So who cares? You know, six, seven, as you mentioned, lottery pick ticket, it's fine. And this is more so, I would imagine, a, a salary dump for the Raiders. If he was making no money, maybe they keep him around as debt purposes, but he's making a decent amount of money as a fourth-year player, he's in a contract year alongside Byron Murphy. I think his salary is just over $2 million. That may not seem like a lot, but a lot of these teams are strapped up against the cap, and kudos to Steve Kime. He has made space now for the Cardinals to make a series of moves now before the regular season, and I, I think this is just the start. People are asking us in the chat, Bo, do you foresee another move at cornerback? I think potentially, I think it's more likely somebody's claimed. They put a waiver claim in on a couple guys. I don't see any more trades at cornerback, but I could be wrong. But this always seemed like the move where you can bring in somebody who I think has high-end number two corner ability, somebody that you can come again. We always talk about it, getting in, ingratiating into your culture, and just kind of seeing what happens. They're doing that right now with some of these other positions on the roster, like Cody Ford, like Will Hernandez, where you're buying low on these once-upon-a-time high picks. Cody Ford, Will Hernandez, and now Trayvon Mullen, all second-round picks all go to franchises outside of Buffalo and Cody Ford that are inept in a lot of ways. And the Cardinals are going to be like, okay, come and play for us. And, and we're going to see if, if things work out, but um, I like the move. I think it's overdue. I just hope Bo Brock, they have enough time to get him up and running. Cause you got Patrick Mahomes in uh, about 11 days time. So uh, I'm optimistic and I think he's going to play a lot for the Cardinals this year. And we're going to find out pretty quickly if he's going to be part of their future or not. Well, shout out our boy Espo from PHNX Suns telling us that his first career pick came against old Patty Mahomes back in the day when he was wearing the silver and black. Yeah. So, you know, we'll, we'll see. I mean, it is, it's, it's really going to be intriguing to see how, how they incorporate him. Uh, You know, there was a couple of takeaways as you kind of alluded to as far as the corners that were already in the building and there weren't a whole lot of them. It, It was really mind boggling to see this position become thinner and thinner by the day as we got closer to the 53 man roster uh and for them to finally pull off a move and, and this was a guy that you and i kind of targeted a little bit because when you looked at at the trade market there's there's not a whole lot of teams out there even the ones that have zero expectations for them to kind of spruce something up and and, and get a fan base behind the idea of trading a starting caliber corner there are very few of them so the market was very like thin and for them to go out and find a player the caliber with the upside of mullen is potential i'll say that uh it's it's a good move by kime i have no problem with trade those picks who f them picks style (laughs) f them right in the a as we like to say on this show for those picks get steve clean it up 
on the phone. Yes. Very uh, <laughs> PG friendly here. Uh, and here's what I'll also say is I, I think the Cardinals now put themselves in a position where they can continue to be aggressive. Uh, I, we don't know the finalized 53 man roster. Uh, we'll get it later today, but take it with a big fat grain of salt because the bottom five to 10 are always going to be churning. Uh, today we found out that one of the rookies may have made the roster. Then oops, he didn't make the roster as the Cardinals potentially have parted ways with Jesse Lukita. Uh, and so that's unfortunate for him because it was reported earlier this morning by our guy, Jordan Schultz, that he did make the roster. So, uh, this right. feels like, uh, with, uh, Trayvon, um, very permanent. He's going to be on the team. They need him to be on the team. Um, and, uh, Alford is old news guy. Can't play 17 games. I, <laughs> I was checking his, his Instagram this morning. I thought maybe he put something in his story about flying back to AZ working out for the Cardinals. It does feel like that ship has sailed Bo Brock. We're not sure why, but I put out a tweet yesterday and I think it, it's very on brand for Robert Alford and the Robert Alford stains, which I am one of them, but you have to kind of <laughs> contextualize it. The Cardinals are moving off older players on the roster. So this time last year, they had the following players. Let's see if I can pull the tweet up in real time. The following players on the roster that were uh, now 30 years or older. Chandler Jones, gone. Jordan Phillips turns 30 next month. He's gone. Corey Peters is gone. Devon Kennard, who was released yesterday, he's gone. As we mentioned, no Robert Alford, no Jordan Hicks. And it's a youth movement, uh, for better or worse. You've got a, a bunch of young athletic guys that are going to be able to carve out a niche on this defense. And again, it could look ugly early in the season. I've been 100% on, on point with that, that for the four, first four to six weeks, everybody's going to kind of feel out their role. But the good news with young players, Bo, is that they are less likely to go down, to wear down as the season goes along, and you want them to kind of find their stride. And so I, I do not like dislike this at all. I think they've been burned in the past with the Jordan Phillips of the world that they're like, why do we need to go spend a bunch of money on a guy who we don't necessarily believe in, but it fits a need? Let's just let's turn it over to the younger guys and see who's hungry. Well, it's a young man's position. I mean, how many corners do we see when they hit 30, lose that step? And yeah. they're, you know, I love this libertarian Sasquatch. I mean, this is all I needed is his wife's family are Raiders fans. And they say he's a passable starter. No, but that's pretty much what we've heard. I mean, it's he's a guy that was in line to start and play big snaps for this team a year ago at this time. And unfortunately, he was plagued by injuries. I think that, uh, you know, and he has familiarity with, you know, not only the first team that they play, uh, he's played the Chiefs several times, and then his former team in week two, you know, that was a that was a big, you know, circle to date uh, matchup where they're going to face the Raiders in their home opener. You know, he's gone up against Devontae Adams, I'm sure, in some practices, but for sure guys like Hunter Renfro and, and Darren Waller in the last couple of seasons. So there's familiarity, familiarity, not so much with the system. I mean, he's only seen McDaniel's system for the last couple, you know, weeks, but you know, I, I like it for, especially for the first couple of weeks, he can get acclimated and it's just, you don't want to be the team that's, that's going and gobbling up all the veteran corners. It's nice to have one in the room. And I, and I would hope that they're targeting some of these guys, you know, I, I still, I still wouldn't mind seeing Alford come back. I, I wouldn't, wouldn't mind seeing a, you no, know, I mean, I just think that, you know, who, who's going to be the springboard there that's going to be the mentor to these corners? I mean, I like that guys are taking on leadership roles, you know, Murph and, um, well, not much out, outside of that, you know, a guy in his, <laughs> his fourth season. I mean, the safeties, of course, in Buda Baker and Jalen Thompson, but there's not much. I mean, who are those guys and saying, hey, what, what do you got in your bag of tricks to help me with this and, and that? And 
they just don't have that. Maybe they just rely upon their coaching staff for that, and that's fine. But you know, sometimes it's it's nice to have a guy that's out there uh, in the battle with you that you can kind of get some insight from. A theme that we're seeing, this is from Daniel Jeremiah earlier today, and this was before the trade, and it was I think a lot of us were getting nervous that they may not have found a quality option that the hot commodities right now in the cutdown for teams, they're looking for cornerbacks, which get in line, and they're looking for offensive line depth. And um, they're not looking for running backs, and maybe they're not looking for fringe wide receivers. Maybe that's why there's not a market right now for Andy Isabella. I think we both assume, Bullbrock, that Andy's going to make this team. Uh, you reported today Antoine Wesley was running full speed on the Cardinals mm-hmm. sideline during practice. That's great to see. So you would presume that when and if Andy makes this team, he's wide receiver number six. Um, and I, I think at the end of the day, uh, he could help somebody, but there must not be a market right now that's shaping up. And this is from Soul Pancake. Super chat, $2. Thank you so much. <laughs> Bo is jealous because Hassan likes my tweets, according to Soul Pancakes. Care, care to comment, Bo? Yeah, we were uh, interacting on Twitter, as, as I always like to do. Like My DMs are open. Uh, we answer your tweets all the time here, as Johnny and myself, yep. everybody at PHNX Cardinals. Uh, and he had mentioned that Hassan Reddick likes his tweets, so he has an affinity for the guy and, and kind of makes him the exception to Vance Joseph's uh, defenses the last couple of years of why he's kind of he came along and got himself a big, massive deal last offseason with the Eagles. And, yeah, I mean, that's – that's big, but I think that this team is relying on its scouting and its development of these young guys. Uh, you know, Cliff mentioned Dumakeji, and he mentioned uh, who was the other and, and Gardek. He thinks that yeah. Gardek can turn back the clock to 2020 Gardek and be as uh, useful and, and efficient as he was seven and a half sacks and, and just under 100 pass rush attempts. So it's it's really going to be interesting, but uh, I, I like it. I really do. I think that that if all the positions, you know, when you look at running back, when you look at cornerback, that's where you want to be young and youthful. And, and it's a big get for the Arizona Cardinals. As you mentioned, it, there are a ton of teams that are scouring the trade market on this day uh, to find some value at the cornerback position. And I think Steve Kine was one of the few that actually pulled it off. Yeah, this is the third trade if you're keeping score at home the Cardinals and Raiders have made dating back to 2018. Of course, with the Josh Rosen trade up in that draft, we don't want to talk about that. Third and a fifth for pick 10. Is uh, that his only L? Is that Kimes like really only true yeah, L you as a... I, I don't even consider it an L for a trade perspective. I'm talking about like picks for players in the NFL, right? I would say I, I can't think of too many that haven't worked out. I mean... Uh, Marcus Golden, Zach Ertz, mm-hmm. Kenyon Drake, Chandler Jones, DeAndre Hopkins, Dub, uh, Dub, 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 Dub yeah. Hollywood Brown. <laughs> I mean, does anybody right. not think that, that Mullins is going to come here and, and play well? I do. Uh, let the man feast with his day three picks. If I'm Michael Bidwell, I just go to town, young man. I was a little bit concerned, Bo, because the Cardinals did pretty well. It looks like, knock on wood, on their day three picks this year. So maybe that would get them a little trigger scared uh Mm -hmm. to to deal away some nope steve kime is he's active as ever Uh, i don't think we're done in the landscape of trading picks for players this season if they have a need he has shown the last three trade deadlines he will acquire somebody this is daniel jared jones super chat thank you so much two dollar super chat we still need one more corner i think bo and i would wholeheartedly agree uh it sounds like we're going to talk about this later in the show cliff kingsbury mentioned two to three players that could go on ir Bo, we both feel like antonio hamilton is a candidate, which would not be great. Um, so then you're talking about needing to replace him. Josh Jackson is gone. Jace Whitaker is gone. So right now, you're threesome in the secondary at cornerback, and we think Isaiah Simmons is going to play a little slot corner. But mm-hmm. true corners, Byer Murphy, Marco Wilson, 
Traylon or Trayvon Mullins and uh, TBD. But I, I, I think they would be best served to add somebody else at the very least unique corners to play gunners on, on special teams. And they don't have too many of those. Right. And, and who knows? I mean, maybe it might be a defensive secondary member. Could they, you know, we saw the the tweet from our guy, Tony Jefferson yesterday, you know, could they add him? That. Could he play a little slot? You know, that would definitely add a, a veteran to the defensive secondary. He's not, you know, a cover corner by any means, but you know, he adds somebody there that, that could, could fit and knows the building. But uh, yeah, I mean, you're, you're looking for a profile now that you, you've got the young guys, you've got the, the athletic freaks in there. You've got the size, you've got the versatility. You know, I think Byron Murphy, I had asked Cliff Kingsbury today, you know, what he thinks, you know, do they still prefer him to be inside? And he had mentioned, Hey, that's going to be a game. The games thing. We're like, we're going to play the matchups with that. You know, obviously when you've got guys like Kelsey and, and Waller coming week one and then going there in week two, you know, sometimes you've got or, or, or those slot receivers that you want them to match up with. That's that's huge. Yeah. And you think Byron Murphy, I think he can play outside case by case. If there's a bigger physical wide receiver that he can run with. Absolutely. Uh, Bill Brock, you can't see this tweet because you're uh, blocked on Twitter, but I'll read <laughs> for you. Uh, our guy, John Gamadaro at 98.7, uh, confirming what we speculated on, what we had, had heard. Bo, you saw him at practice this morning. Andy Isabella did make the final 53 mm-hmm. for the Cardinals, but, quote, wanted to be traded. Well, uh, right now there doesn't appear to be any takers. He, he supposedly wanted a fresh start, but correct me if I'm wrong, he's had the green light to be traded ever since last March, and it hasn't yeah. happened yet. Uh, and, you know, ba- dating back to last year's trade deadline, everybody was talking about him being dealt. So until somebody offers you something, uh, he's going he's gonna to remain in-house. And I do think that he is – He's too valuable for you just to cut bait with, especially, and we haven't even touched on this, Trace McSorley didn't make the roster. Like, you have Mm -hmm. open positions on your team, and Andy could be a value if something were to happen to A.J. Green or Antoine Wesley or if Greg Dortch flames out. Like, he's available, right? He knows your system. He knows your scheme. He's been a part of Cliff Kingsbury regime all four years now. You don't just cut him, right? They have the money. They can keep him. But I will say this. Somebody offers you anything, literally anything of value, I think it's the, the wise move to to move off of him. I, I think I saw Kenny Wilson jokingly bring up Alex Leatherwood, who was released today from a first round pick from this dumpster fire Raiders team. And you're just kind of mentioning like they had called all 31 other teams trying to get anything of value for Leatherwood, and they all said pass. So and, and I can't I would imagine that that's probably where Andy is. And, and the other teams are not ignorant to like what the Arizona Cardinals wide receiver room is. I mean yeah. Andy is going to be there and he can add depth to this team without DeAndre Hopkins, but truly like what's his role going to be in this? I, I have to, I'd be hard pressed to think of a better time than now to trade Andy Isabella. Cause all he's going to really do, what are his opportunities going to be in the, even in the first six weeks of the season? I, I just think, you know, it's inevitable. Now we're looking, we're staring down, you know, come week seven before they activate DeAndre Hopkins. Is it just them releasing him? I just don't know if they can get anything. Could they even get a Nikhil Harry type deal where the Patriots got a 2020, was it a 2024 pick? Yeah, or, seventh uh, round. Yeah, it wasn't even the a, ultimate a, ham just, sandwich. Right, right. So I just don't know. I mean, that's unfortunate, but, you know, it could he, could he in, in the very few, it's going to be quality over quantity for Andy in the next six weeks when he gets on the field. When he gets his opportunities, can he take advantage of it? going to be a very crowded field of playmakers it's I, it's going to be tough for him it's not going to be him being force fed the ball 
trying to be on full display for other teams like it was this preseason. It's going to get two targets max. You got to make the most of them. I would be 100% convinced that Antoine Wesley was healthy before I moved off of Andy Isabella because if Antoine Wesley is a hidden surprise to go on IR, you need Andy. Uh, NFL 2.0, Marshawn Lattimore for Andy Isabella, maybe once upon a time, uh, right when he was (laughs) drafted, uh, but, but not right now. Uh, and I think it's worth pursuing or watching ahead of these cuts that are going to be released. Hopefully any minute now, as we do this live show, <laughs> um, PHNX Cardinals, five running backs. Uh, I don't, I don't think that's feasible right now. All five are hanging around still. And then six wideouts and potentially four tight ends. And Bo, you and I are talking off air. Like, uh, is Zach Ertz going to be a sneaky candidate to go on IR? It's, mm-hmm. it's, we we're waiting for some announcements, but in the meantime, we're hanging out on DraftKings, and good news for us and for you is the wait is almost over. The new football season is about to begin. You got college games starting this week on Thursday. NFL, of course, the following week, week one. Get ready for it. Get ready for the action on DraftKings. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use that promo code PHNX to get $200 in free bets instantly when you place a $5 bet on any football game. That's promo code PHNX only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. I don't have odds on Andy Isabella's next team, but I would imagine it's <laughs> minus 500 Arizona Cardinals minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See those show notes for details, Bo. Now, when you saw that the Cardinals had finally pulled off a trade for a cornerback, did you want to just crack a fresh one, fresh cold one and celebrate? I am, and I'm out. So I have to drink this, this oh, yucky man. tea at my house. I don't have any more Four Peaks, so I won't drink another beer. I only you're, you're taking you're taking this library all the way down. Here, here's here's the good news, John. I'm going to bring you up. You can actually get your supply replenished tomorrow. Actually, when Ooh. we're doing our last Wednesday over at Four Peaks, yeah, all day tomorrow, August 31st, we're going to be broadcasting live. That's going to be PHNX Coyotes bets with Johnny and Shane Sons, the Sun Devils podcast. Us here at Cardinals and the D-backs. We have new life after a Corbin Carroll call up. We're going to be hanging out all day, hanging out, talking PHNX sports all day with the entire crew. And hopefully you join us at the OG location of Four Peaks Brewing Company. Delicious beer, incredible food, and great vibes all day long. Hang out with us there. We continue our conversation. The Cardinals pull off a trade finally for a cornerback. Gambo, are we going to give credit where it's due? Is it is it cool? Can you If you're a weather forecaster and you forecast rain for Sunday and it comes on Tuesday, is he correct? So for the 154 people who don't know, Bo Brock is blocked by John Gambadoro on Twitter for many, many years. We don't know why. We're going to get it taken care of. So Bo right. likes to throw shade at my guy, Gambo, who did predict the Cardinals were going to trade for somebody. And that did happen. I'll give him credit. It was before the season. Um, okay. Daryl Williams definitely has some trade value. I think the only team mm-hmm. that would want to trade for him is the team that the Cardinals are playing week one. And you can't trade him to Kansas City. Uh, they have no running backs of note outside of Clyde. So I would think... That, that feels like the only place. I think the Cardinals are going to keep four backs. I think he's going to be one of them. Diego Perez, you guys think, will sign somebody. Yes, I think they'll claim somebody. Yeah. I think they'll sign a free agent or multiple. Um, I, I, I'm hesitant to say they're done trading for, for people, but right now that move felt like it was telegraphed from the start. It felt like, especially after Antonio Hamilton uh, you know, went to the doctor and never showed up in Tennessee, that they had to trade for yeah. a corner. And, um, and now you think about, like this, this is not a depth move. This is a starter. You've got a starter for week one, presumably if he's healthy in Mullen to come in and help alleviate some of that concern in the passing game against Patrick Mahomes. They had to do that. They had to go out and get somebody 
because we had speculated, is this going to be somebody who's going to be a fringe 53 and you're going to give a seventh for? Well, we got the, the latter right. They gave a seventh round pickup for a starter and they took advantage, as we mentioned in the first segment, of a Raiders franchise right now. It's it's not a fire sale. It's an estate sale, right? The new family comes in. Get this shit out of here. The you mm-hmm. know the old regime, they're, they're dead and gone. We're going to get rid of all this stuff. We're going to put our new stuff in here. Take what you want. Heavily discounted. It's like when Circuit City went out of business or all, all these brick and mortar <laughs> stores, right? Everything must go. And that's yeah. what that's what they're doing. R.I.P. <laughs> Circuit City. Um, that's what happened. And that's how the Cardinals got this deal. Because I, I do think that, you know, if this was the older regime, maybe they're asking, maybe they're asking for a fourth, right? It's still yeah. 30 cents on the dollar. So uh I initially thought it would be something like that because I when I have seen highlights of him play, and I've heard his name before, capable. He's not a bust. Like Alex Leatherwood probably just can't play in the NFL and mm-hmm. he got cut, and that's a result. But this is an injury concern that hopefully he can remedy. And I like I like his chances in Arizona much more than I do in Las Vegas, Bo. Yeah, and the, the, the new regime brought in a former Colts corner, Rakia Sin. He came in, and I guess he won that job outright. And they just like their guy, and, and you're not shocked by it, right? I mean, it's it's just how it is. They like their player that they went out and got via free agency and, and brought him in and replaced the guys that the old guys got. So it, it, it benefits the Arizona Cardinals and and it might benefit the Raiders, but like that very rarely happens. It well, it has happened with the Cardinals, where six round pick turns into Antonio Brown. But other than that, it doesn't really happen that often. But it's uh, it's big. Talking about the running back room, as as we kind of seen there, as Daryl Williams, we heard from Eno Benjamin today, and this was probably the most comfortable he's ever felt at this point in his career on this day. You know, I'm sure the last two seasons he was probably wondering if he was going to, you know, be a part of this roster um, after training camp, and you know. He uh, he he pretty much talked about what his role was going to be. Johnny, did you see his quotes? It basically sounds like he he's going to play the Chase Edmonds role of this offense as of right now, be that third down back, and that's that's pretty interesting. I want to remind everybody to like this video on YouTube. Helps share the video on on YouTube's algorithm. So for all the 159 people we got watching right now, like it, smash it. I did see Chase's com- or excuse me, Eno's comments. The new Chase Edmonds. First of all, my initial takeaway was when I saw he was available to the media, when we got that media relations note from the Cardinals, I said, in no way they're cutting Eno Benjamin because they can't cut him after he speaks to the media three hours prior. So I'm like, good, Eno's safe. Number two is if anybody watched the game on Saturday night, Bo and I have talked about this, Daryl Williams is the James Conner backup. So if something were to happen to James Conner, Daryl Williams would take those carries and those reps, right? goal line back duty right because Eno did a nice job 20 to 20 and then Daryl came in and hammered the ball home so I think if you're a fantasy enthusiast and who's my handcuff I would say it's some stash Daryl Williams on your roster before Eno that's not to say Eno's not going to get his he's going to get a lot of touches I thought he ran hard inside but for me I, th- I just think seventh round pick Eno Benjamin he's sticking around on an NFL roster yeah. he's going to get his pension now he's been in the league three years uh, I'm right. excited for him I'm excited for him to contribute if you saw that that fantastic layout catch he had against the Titans. He's got an ability in the passing game, maybe that trumps everybody else. Uh, I am bullish on this running back group. They have so much talent. I pray with Cliff Kingsbury, keep James Conner healthy and fresh for the stretch run of the season. Don't run him into the ground because I think, Bo, between Williams, Benjamin, and Conner, and Keontae Ingram potentially waiting in the wings, and we'll happen to see what's going on with Jonathan Ward if he gets released or an injury settlement or what. Like they have enough talent to be able to survive on the ground, especially as you await DeAndre Hopkins' return and you want to go a little bit more run heavy. I think you've got three very capable backs. 
Yeah, and I, I talked to Eno today when he was during his press availability. I said, hey, like right now, the running back room is pretty much all intact. Like Jonathan Ward was out there. He was working out on a side field with Marcus Golden, not in uniform. They were all they were doing some side work. And, you know, as of right now, there's there's five guys and, and we'll see what the shoulder issue is. And Clifton seemed to think it was going to be that big a deal. But it is pretty crazy to think the Titans did it like they're taking they're going to carry five backs. I saw that today. You know, the Arizona Cardinals going to do that. You know, Eno's answer to me was like, it means, you know, we're excited because we think we're going to run the ball a lot. And, yeah. you know, under Cliff Kingsbury, uh, you know, you get Max Williams back. You like what you've seen from Trey McBride as far as a run blocker. You like what you've seen from the offensive line as far as run blocking. But, you know, they're going to continue to be and kind of debunk the misconception that Cliff Kingsbury coaches, you know, a very pass heavy offense where they've been a top 10 running back team, running team for the last three years. So it's going to be uh, I think you're right as far as the roles. Um, between the twenties, it's going to be James Connor first. You're going to want to watch and limit his snaps, but then you've got Eno Benjamin playing that Chase Evans role. Uh, but once you get inside the red zone, it's it's all James, it's all Daryl, two big backs that can yeah. pound it in. Soul Pancakes, another super chat. Thank you so much, Soul Pancakes. Two dollars. Are you guys doing halftime streams this year? So I think what the plan is, Soul Pancakes, and we've got our game day coverage beginning, of course, a week from Sunday. Bo Brock, myself, are going to be doing the tailgate show, the PHNX tailgate show with Saul Bookman, Shane Diefenbach. Ooh. Speaking of that, uh, at the uh, tailgate event at the Valley, Lola, 20 bucks, you get a ticket and you get all the four peaks beer you want. Come hang out with myself. That's unreal. It's unbelievable. It is unflipping believable. 10 a.m. September 11th at the Lola. We're getting primed and ready to kick ass against the Kansas City Chiefs. So we got that tailgate going at the Westgate, We or excuse me, at the at the Lola tailgate in the Valley. Um, and we're going to be doing a home tailgate for every single home game this year. So that is one of many at the Lola. Come out, stop by, say hello. We're going to be doing a show, I believe at 9 a.m. for the tailgate show. So that's number one. And then I think we're going to do, of course, our typical post-game show. Bo will chime in live from the stadium. They let him from the field for the back half of the pod. I'll be hanging myself, Damian Anderson, Frank Sanders, post-game. At some point, I think we'd like to incorporate some kind of watch-along live stream. Um, that is not imminent, but it's something that we're tinkering around with. I appreciate the interest. I would love to do that. Quick 20-minute touch point, go live on, on StreamYard. Maybe producer Emma can put a, a good word in with our head producer, Jacob, and we can make that happen because I know I love to shoot the shit at halftime. I want to go through what I'm seeing, what you guys are seeing, what's pissing me off. Uh, what, what we're excited about. Right. And I don't, when they don't run me. the ball, right. When, when they, they don't, don't run the run. ball, right. <laughs> when they don't close the half well, but uh great question. And uh, I think, I think we're going to have a ton of content and uh, it's only just begun gents. Um, you, you need to have a post game party. According to Derek five, listen, they start off like they did last year. We'll, we'll, our GM Saul Bookman makes it happen better than anybody else in the Valley. We will have parties upon parties upon get togethers, um, so, so don't you worry about that. Any chance you guys can come out and hang out with us is a good day. Uh, and it's always a good day when the Arizona Cardinals are playing football. Daniel Jarrett Jones, I'm locked on the PHNX Cardinals podcast. Mm. Well, it's one way to put it. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's like you're merging my, my entire last couple of years of my life together in the one hybrid. Um, I don't know how it would go, but I t I'll tell you what, it's going great right now here in the PHX Cardinals podcast. And um, I've seen a question about, you know, the, the finalized 53-man roster. You know, why haven't we seen it? Um, it's it's because the only thing that matters right now as far as the final 53 is that the Cardinals got it to the NFL. 
that's where it matters. It doesn't matter to us. They'll probably release it. I think you're saying last year they released at night. It was like so, seven or eight o'clock at night last year. Yeah. And when we talked to Cliff today, he said it's a fluid situation. They were going to take their time all the way up to the final buzzer at one Arizona time, four o'clock Eastern. And they did. I mean, they pulled off the trade between then and now with Trey and Mullen. And, uh, you know, I'm sure they're trying to figure out. We saw Laquetta. I saw him with my own eyes on the practice field. And the poor kid is reportedly not going to make this roster. Brutal. So, it's uh, it, it, there's still guys that are probably not breathing a sigh of relief just yet because you know things until that final roster is made public, you know they can't they can't relax and, and they still can't relax. I mean, this is going to be fluid all the way up until Week One against the Chiefs on September 11th, and what is that? Twelve days away. Yeah, let's talk about who's going to be calling plays defensively for the Arizona Cardinals on September yeah. 11th. You had a chance to speak with Isaiah Simmons today. And uh, the third-year star linebacker is a supposed play caller on the defensive side. I assume he's going to be a captain. Great to hear because I know a lot of us were like, what's his role going to be? He's playing some in the secondary. He's going to be rushing the passer. But at the end of the day, your former top 10 pick after – yeah, we all remember that first game against Kyle Shanahan and the Niners, his rookie year, where he was out of position and kind of got turned around on a touchdown to fast-forward to now – and Isaiah Simmons is calling the defense, that's how it should be. And hopefully he takes the bull by the horn, and we don't have to ask anybody who's calling the defense for the next five to seven years in the desert, Bo Brock. You love it. I mean, you you heard we heard from Vance Joseph himself after the red-white scrimmage. You and I were there in that press room, Johnny, where he was saying he wants to see I, Isaiah Simmons' football IQ increase, and I think that he's proven that. I've seen BJ come up to Isaiah quite a bit during training camp and just kind of pick his brain about why they decided to go with certain looks and all that. And he must have given him some acceptable answers. You saw him with the headset in the preseason finale against the yeah. Titans. And he's a guy that I seem it really get the feeling he's chomping on the bit to be a leader in that locker room. And you want the guys that want it. And he certainly does. It was, you know, we hadn't heard about the who was calling defensive calls. There was a big run on, you know, Zayvon Collins wasn't doing it. We were we were kind of harping on that a little bit. And then we heard that uh, Jalen Thompson was going to try his hand, and there was about four to six guys that were going to be in the mix. And we had Isaiah Simmons up there, and I just asked him point blank, like, who's calling the defense? And then he just said, oh, I've got the green dot. And I was just like, that's cool. And, you know, that the rest is, is history. He doesn't seem to think like it's going to be – he says it's an extra breath. It, you know, a lot of guys were talking about how hard it is. You know, you're getting the whole play call. You've got to relay it to your – 10 your other 10 teammates and then you have to kind of always tell them you know go over it because football players are in the moment sometimes it's not easy you got a 50 60 000 people screaming at you so he said the biggest thing was vance joseph is a chatty kathy and he wants to relay <laughs> every single thing so that's the biggest thing but it seems like there's a lot of confidence in isaiah simmons to be the guy to do it yeah, he needs to be a franchise player. I don't care what position he plays, but you're a top 10 pick, and you're the first first rounder after Kyler Murray when the Cardinals were still very much rebuilding their roster and trying to figure out how to be competitive, how to be a factor in the NFC. Like You need Van, you need Isaiah Simmons to take his game to the next level. We need tackles for loss, forced fumbles, sacks, and you know, kudos hopefully to Vance Joseph. I'll be the first to admit, like if we're sitting here eight weeks into the season – and Isaiah Simmons looks like an all-pro and has got it all figured out, I'll say the off-season plan worked. We just need clarity in his role, clarity with this roster. You know, Nick Vigil, where does he fit in? I was trying to put together what I thought would be the base defense for this team this year. And I, you know, before this trade, I'm like, 
I think Isaiah Simmons is going to play a lot. I think Zayvon Collins is going to play a lot, but until we see it with our own eyes, you know, Vance Joseph, they got rid of Devon Kennard, who's playing opposite Marcus Golden. I think we we have so much clarity, and we know exactly what we're getting offensively. They're stacked. They've got receivers upon receivers, running backs, tight ends, offensive line depth. It's the defensive side of the ball where it's like they could start five to six players that that we wouldn't think in the rotation. Is it Dumakeji? Is it Nick Vigil, right? What are they doing at cornerback? Is Isaiah Simmons playing DB? It's interesting. I don't love the uncertainty, but I, I am happy that, especially Bo, the younger guys are getting that opportunity. And it starts with Isaiah Simmons. And it starts with you guys going out, getting your COVID-19 vaccines. They're free for everybody five and older. We just talked about all the tailgates, the good stuff we've got coming up this fall, beginning next weekend. We want you happy and healthy. So go out. Those 12 and older are also eligible for a booster shot. All you got to do is visit azhealth.gov slash find vaccine for a location near you. Let's give away some more free stuff or more opportunities to win some free stuff from our friends over at OG's Brands. They've got you the Flavoring Life Sweepstakes, which is awesome. They've got one winner receiving three bags of their incredibly good-tasting gummies. Uh, that inclu- includes orange creamsicle, tropical flavors as well. You can get an OG's hat, a PHNX shirt of your choice, and a PHNX annual membership. That's an awesome, awesome gift right there. Sign Beautiful. up at gophnx.com. Click the link in the show notes. Check out OG's online at ogsbrands.com, on Instagram at ogsbrands. You can find their products, your local dispensary. you got to be 21 years or older. You talk about the middle of that defense, uh, kind of a surprise addition. I don't think either one of us had this. Ben Neiman, uh, who signed a free agent deal from the Chiefs with the Cardinals. He's yeah. going to be, as of right now, it looks like, I mean, he was at practice. I mean, unless he's like a casually like Jesse Lucetta, uh, you know, late, you know, cut. It looked like Ben Neiman is going to be a part of this this defense going forward. He looked pretty good against the Titans, I thought, especially getting yeah. some run in the second and third quarter. And I I don't think you can have too many you know quality vets around Zayvon Collins to help get him up and running, assuming they're not taking his shot, taking his job. And that was always the threat with Jordan Hicks. It's like, hey, Jordan Hicks is still really good. He can play. Let's just play him over Zayvon, even if there's a, a small drop-off. Whereas like Ben Neiman... And Nick Vigil, like if they're legitimate threats to Zavin, that speaks more to Zavin than I think the other two, with all due respect. So uh, both those guys, I think, can play special teams. Neiman in particular, can he help you get you ready week one for Kansas City? I'm sure it can't hurt having him on the roster. And, you know, who knows? We haven't seen Zavin play 17 games at the NFL level. Got banged up last year against the 49ers, right? Had to take himself out, miss some time. So, I mean... You need quality depth. I think we're all a little bit disappointed. Chandler Wooten, this morning, Bull Brock, kind of a surprise cut. We we assume after we saw Joe Walker release, maybe Chandler made it. Uh, rookie mm-hmm. inside linebacker, SEC standout out of Auburn. Did not happen, right? Uh, fingers crossed mm-hmm. he comes out of it back on the practice squad. I think that's probably still pretty likely. But, man, every time I watch this team in the preseason, he was all over the field. And just from an instinctual standpoint, you know, we've watched Isaiah Simmons and Zayvon Collins struggle with that transition to just an instinctual inside linebacker at the NFL level. Coincidentally enough, it was nice to watch this kid who played for multiple years at the highest level of college football just come in and say, oh, yeah, I know how to play this position. I'll get an interception. Mm-hmm. Maybe he's not <laughs> the biggest or the fastest guy, but I thought more than any of these other guys, Vigil or Tanner Vallejo or whomever, like fast forward the next training camp with Chandler Wooten be pushing for a starting job next to Zayvon Collins. That was me hoping and praying that would happen. But, you know, still, fingers crossed he makes it back to the practice squad. 
Yeah, he's got a lot of things that you like, but then, you know, there's the just true experience in, in what, you know, a guy like Neiman can bring or what a guy like Wooten can bring in Vigil and in Turner and in Vallejo. And unfortunately, Wooten had a guy, uh, kind of a long road. I mean, I, I, you could list all the accolades that he has, and they're impressive as far as, as you mentioned, coming out of the SEC, a captain for, you know, a, a true power in, in college football ranks. You know, I, I know Auburn's fallen uh, by the wayside, but that's a yeah. that's a tough pro or that's a top program still uh, that produces a lot of talent. Um, and I think that Wooten, you know, he's he was he was good, but you know he he was very low on the depth chart. He had a long way to go, and unfortunately, there just wasn't enough time for him to carve out a bigger bigger spot on this roster. And you know, we saw some defensive linemen not out there. Like I don't think there were guys that weren't out on the practice field today that are going to come back. Uh, you know, as far as the active roster. So I think, you know, as far as Antoine Woods, you could probably think that he's been cut before they've officially made it happen. Christian Ringo was a guy that Adam Schefter, before I got out to practice, had tweeted and then deleted the tweet that Ringo had been released, but I didn't see him out there. Didn't see Victor Bolden Jr. out there. Uh, and then the two quarterbacks that we saw play in the preseason were both absent sorely, and that was confirmed by rap sheet later. Trace McSorley has been is going to be weighed by this club with hopes that he can get to the practice squad. And then Jared Garantano, who played really well. It's I think he surprised a lot of people after kind of a a, a very polarizing college career for the, those in the Vol Nation and, and played at Washington State last year sparingly. Yeah, it's it's interesting. I look at two names on the defensive line that are still presumably safe, and it's those two rookies. Manny Jones has flashed every preseason yeah. game at defensive tackle. I would love to see him make this roster. He has something that very few players on this Cardinal roster have, and that's the ability to penetrate up front at the line of scrimmage and get after the quarterback. Like he has a different acceleration going upfield. And, um, you know, for, for Cardinal fans, I think it's the bare minimum. Let's just get some people who can clog the run because they've been so bad at that. So it's nice to see Manny Jones in the backfield. And then Ledbetter or Bedwetter, am I saying that correctly? Uh, Bedwetter, Ledbetter is is still available. He's still on the roster. These two rookies are yep. competing. Uh, I, I would say if if one of them is going to make it, I would lean toward Manny Jones, but flip a coin there. Could the Cardinals Well, I didn't 16? see Manny Jones. Did, did you didn't see, see Manny Jones available? No. no. No, but I, it hasn't been reported. Jonathan Ledbetter was. Yet. Ledbetter yeah. was there. I, yeah. yeah, I think it would be a mistake. Ledbetter over Manny Jones would be a mistake in my opinion. Um, but I think it's also a mistake not to carry six defensive linemen. I know a lot of people want to go light in that unit, but with JJ Watt and Zach Allen's injury history, that's a huge concern in my opinion to get through. And then you've got Lecky Fotu slowly making his way back. That to me, both feels like the position most likely if they make a waiver claim, adding another veteran, they got rid of Kiki a couple weeks ago. I haven't seen him be back on another NFL roster. Mm-hmm. You you feel like defensive line is still a position of need for this team to go out and potentially try to find somebody? I don't think they view it as that. I, I don't think the Cardinals organization, and you can call that naive, and, and I would I, I don't think you're far off, but you know, they trust their scouting, they trust the guys that they have in that room. They expect big things from Rashard Lawrence at the nose tackle position and then Lucky Foto, you know, before uh, he dealt with some injuries this camp, and he was back out there, as you said, today uh, wearing the number 95 jersey, and they, they like what he did with his diet. They like what he did with his training regimen. They knew he had enough strength, and now they wanted a little bit more versatility from him. They like Lecky Fotu. I think it's somebody that, that they've been banking on taking a leap, and unfortunately he hasn't. So, you know, at, at what point do you say shame on the Cardinals for, for you know, entrusting in him? Uh, but 
right now they're going to move forward with him and, and at the at the spot instead of some guys who played really well in the preseason. Not to discount that, but I think they'll they'll take Lackey, uh, former fourth round pick, along with Rashard Lawrence, and um, it's yeah, it, it, and we'll see. You know, if if with the word of Luketta's you know release, um, you know, and the Devon Kennard yesterday, it's it's going to be you know Marcus Golden, Dennis Gardek. Victor Dumakeji, the two rookies, third rounders, and then, you know, not much after that. Isaiah Simmons, sparingly. I mean, Isaiah Simmons, we don't mention him. I didn't mention him just now on inside linebackers, but if they got into a pinch, he would go and play inside linebacker. That's what he said he was playing today. He said, you know, what do you envision playing? Yeah, he's he's, he's learned from the the best, that being Cliff Kingsbury, that he lies (laughs) at press conferences. Um, I think think Zayvon Collins and Isaiah Simmons – are two of the most interchangeable pieces on the defense, hopefully in the best way. We saw Zayvon play outside linebacker in a pinch last year. That worked out well. Uh, Simmons is very capable. Uh, but, yeah, man, I, I would love to see these these two rookies, Mize Sanders and Cam Thomas, come out with their hair on fire and make an impact because you talk about hitting on pass rushers is huge in and of itself, but finding two very capable pass rushers. I remember we're doing our draft show uh, that Friday night, day two of the draft with Frank Sanders, and we had our list of prospects who we thought the Cardinals would be interested in. We had both gentlemen on the on the list there. They take Trey McBride, and you're like, oh, man, are there going to be any pass rushers left? And they all still were hanging out in the third round, mm-hmm. and the Cardinals double-dipped. They got Cam, then they went and they took Maje at the end because the value was too good. Even Cliff and Kime said that. We had addressed the need, and then you've got this kid from Cincinnati that all he did was apply pressure for a team that was competing for a national championship that was a multi-year starter – he fell into their lap, and you know I think most people would say that he outplayed Cam Thomas during training camp. But then what Cam Thomas just did against Tennessee, all over the field, maybe he's starting to put it together. The Cardinals don't have a first-round pick to laud this year. Trey McBride is behind Zach Ertz on the depth chart. That's why those two rookies, the, it's up for grabs at that spot opposite Marcus Golden. And if they get hot, look out. One of them, would it surprise you if one of them was starting by the end of the year? Yeah, I mean, I mean. I was talking to uh, my guy Jody Ayler over Fox Sports 910 about how you couldn't teach an old dog new tricks. But Vance Joseph is showing that, you know, he might be going with the youth movement as far as this this defense goes for the first time in a long time. And I just think that, yeah, these guys, he he likes what he's seen. I've seen Vance Joseph and his reaction to these guys rushing, uh, doing pass rush drills. And he loves what he's seen from my Jay Sanders. I haven't seen the same from Cameron Thomas, but I wouldn't be shocked. You know, he might have been a guy that kind of started out slow and is is the one that he's he's going to prove why he was drafted ahead of Sanders by the Cardinals in the same third round. Um, it, it's 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 exciting because you've seen a lot of good things from these guys. It's not just uh, you know them just going off of what they did in college and what they did in college is very impressive. But uh, you, you like it. You like that. Look, it's tough that they haven't invested a ton of money on that side of the football, and this is what they have, and this is what they're moving forward with. And it's a young group, and it, it, it's a it's an easy one to root for. But you know, is it going to be productive? That's going to be big. Well, Victor Numakeji, if I'm him, you're playing with house money. You're a six round pick, and you've outlasted countless veterans. I mean, Devon Kennard gets cut, and you're sticking around. And Devon Kennard was not a cap casualty. The Cardinals. And I misspoke yesterday. I thought they'd only have to eat about two million dollars. They're eating over four million in dead money. And that speaks to what they believe. That was already is, that was already in the bank, right? I mean, that was already going to happen from his yeah, initial but release. I, I think it's added. I think it's added money. 
um, because they they saved most of that money in the spring, and then they could have just walked. And then they probably felt like, well, we don't know what we're going to get in this draft. Let's bring him back. Let's see reduced role. Maybe he can turn into the Robert Alford this year. That's not going to happen. Dumikeji, that is one of the best stories to follow if you're a Cardinal fan. ACC, Duke, basketball school, three-year starter, but stood up, played outside linebacker, projects 6'2", 260 as an outside linebacker, somebody that I think, very least, is going to have some kind of role on Sunday. That's exciting. It's also exciting. You mentioned Vance Joseph playing the kids. If I'm Vance Joseph, that's the smartest way for me to keep my job and stay employed because we had always asked, right? Like Cliff Kingsbury can hang his hat on a, on a couple different things. The most important being Kyler Murray and helping him with his maturation process, becoming a Pro Bowl quarterback. For Vance Joseph, outside of really Jalen Thompson, what defensive player, and he's been here, this is his fourth year as Cardinal defensive coordinator. It's crazy to think that way. What is he, who's he elevated defensively for the Cardinals, right? Like you can make an argument. He elevated Hassan Reddick. He's gone, right? He got the best out of Chandler Jones, but he was already established. What young player has he molded in this defense, especially as he tries to get another head coaching job? He goes into those interviews mm-hmm. maybe next spring, or is he trying to keep his job with the Cardinals? Like, Hey, I took Victor Dumakeji as a six round pick. and He had eight sacks last year, or I finally got the most out of Isaiah Simmons and Zayvon Collins. Look what Zach Allen did. You can't really do that when you're piecemealing it together with a bunch of older veterans that are tired, that are getting hurt at the end of the season. I think this is a great chance for Vance Joseph to kind of rewrite his history, brand new resume, all these young kids up and down the lineup. Shit, Trayvon Mullen. Hey, I got this kid. for We got him for a seventh-round pick. I turned him into a quality player. We flipped him in the offseason. He signs a big-money deal elsewhere. We get a fourth-round comp pick in return. Like, that's that's forward thinking if you're the Cardinals and, and you're Vance yeah. Joseph. So I'm I'm all for it, assuming he can get it done. Uh, do, do you not credit him for Jalen Thompson's emergence? That's I, mean, I, that was... I prefaced it all by saying okay, Jalen yeah, yeah. is, the, is the one and only. And you the saw I mean, he forced yeah. his way on the field as a rookie in 2019. He was yeah. clearly somebody that was going to force the issue. And I'm asking everybody right now to force the issue. Subscribe <laughs> to the PHNX Cardinals podcast on your phone. Like and subscribe. Like this video right now and help share YouTube algorithm as we do these shows every day for you, the PHNX Faithful. Go to gophnx.com. Find out the work of my many talented peers, including my co-host here, Bo Brock. Practice reports, in-depth articles, Craig Morgan crushing it with PHNX Coyote. Doing phenomenal things as it relates to uh, the Diamondbacks. Corbin looking fantastic. You love that double that we saw yesterday. Check out the PHNX Merchandise Locker, by the way. I still think we've got our Labor Day sale rocking and rolling. You can pick up mm-hmm. one of these lids, as I've got one right here. I think it's I don't like, know if that's still going on. Is it Checked off? It out. Is it, yeah, is the sale the wife, off? The wife wanted me to get her a, a T-shirt. I jumped on there, and I think it's still it, normal prices, but still good prices to get yourself. Still good prices. Yeah, absolutely. And we, got, we got two new Great T-shirts gear. dropping here pretty soon that you guys are going to want to check out. Do not miss that. $0.99 cents for the first month, eight ninety nine for the subsequent month on gophnx.com. Bo Brock, you have any predictions as we head into the final cuts? It feels like we've we've been outlandish with our predictions. You were right on Devon Kennard getting cut, so kudos to you. Mm-hmm. I you know, I thought all along they'd make a trade for a cornerback. I piggybacked off of our guy Gambo, but anything of note <laughs> that you think could be percolating a little bit? You were at the facility this morning. Let's get Soul Pancakes. He he wants to get in there. He's a big Hassanic Hassan Reddick. Stan and he says that he elevated himself apparently after having three different defensive coordinators in four I agree seasons. With that. I agree with that. Um, yeah, I mean, he secured the bag this off season, so yeah, props to Hassan, but you know, also to Vance Joseph, 
getting him in the right role finally for the first time in his entire career. And now he got him forty plus million dollars. Vance is very capable. Uh, we yeah. agree with that. I, I you know, I I don't think that there's anything that's gonna really shock and, and rattle the the earth that Cardinals fans stand on right now, uh the rest of the way. I mean, this is gonna be a team that's gonna rely heavily already on the the proven, you know, stars that they have, and it's going to get back to that kind of football. It's Kyler Murray. It's going to be Hollywood Brown. It's going to be J.J. Watt. It's all those guys that um, they, they're going to have – that need to have huge seasons for this team to have success early on. Um, you know, now you're finding the glue guys. Now you're finding the guys that are going to fill in the gaps on the offensive line and on the defense that, you know, is a ragtag group but also has some – really exciting young players that have a ton of potential. So um, I'm, I'm not really seeing too much. Uh, you know, it was interesting to see Steven Anderson back out there. We didn't get too much into the IR discussion, but, you know, does that mean potentially having a fourth tight end, Zach Ertz, calf more se- severe than we anticipated? Um, or do they just want four tight ends? Um, and then, you know, Justin Pugh and Rodney Hudson. Rodney Hudson was back out there today. Justin Pugh was not, but Cliff Kingsbury, you know, he's hopeful that both are ready to go week one, but you know, that's, that's not a given. You like what you've seen from Harlow at the center position, but you've got uh Corey, Cody Ford now to fill in for, for Pew right away. But it's, it's something to kind of follow along. I think that the, who, who gets IR'd, uh, that's going to be the, the next interesting storyline to follow because we kind of know what the roster looks like now and who, what, what could open up some opportunities for some guys we saw in the preseason or some additions here before the season begins. Uh, Suns blackout. We'll get to this question. How is Hollywood Brown looking in practice, Bull Brock? Coming off that injury, coming off his extreme uh, speeding arrest, he's quieted down uh, and hopefully producing on the football field. He looks good. I mean, he's out there. He looks fast. He looks uh, he looks healthy. He was wearing kind of a leg sleeve. I don't know if you would call it a, on one leg today, but I don't know if that was a the leave. one that he had. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's the call to leave. He's got a where he, I don't know if it was his hamstring leg, but I'm sure he's fine. He was moving around quick. So, and then you know, as a if you're just joining us, Antoine Wesley was out there running full speed. So that's encouraging. Love seeing that. I, they've they've called him day to day, according to Cliff. So great um, to hear. That's gonna that's gonna make things really interesting for those two guys that really played well in training camp and preseason in Dorch you, and Isabella. You you don't think there's any chance that Isabella edges out Greg Dorch, do you? Could that be a, an ultimate shocker that his trump card is his draft status one more time, even though Dorch looked better at times, even though he's doing punt well, and I mean, returns? If they, they're going to they have put Rondell Andy Moore, back there, didn't they, right? They, they put Andy back there a couple times. Last just year, not this preseason, yeah. though. If I they have think, Rondell Moore return kicks and punts, does that make Greg Dorch expendable in favor of Andy Isabel? Well, I don't only. think they want that. They don't want They've got. I wouldn't either. Got, they envision a big role for Rondell just on offense. I don't think they want to put him back there and risk anything from happening in, on teams. I, I think that Dorch has the edge. That's just my gut feeling. That, that's that just be, you know what I saw. Mistake. Dorch over Isabella? No, if they kept Isabella in favor of Dorch. Oh, no, no. In, in lieu of Dorch. Sorry if I screwed that. No, that's what I was saying. Is I yeah. think Dorch has the edge. Just I'm trying to I'm trying to see if there could be any more curveballs that they could throw at us here. I don't mind four tight ends. Do it. Load up while Hopkins is out. Run the football. Keep Kyler Murray healthy. Uh, you know, go heavy in certain scenarios. And um, the tight ends, one of the deepest position groups. I do think we're gonna get we got to get some clarity uh, at running back though. I, you can't keep five running backs. That's ass nine. That's lunacy. 
what you five five running backs, six receivers, eleven between the two on a fifty-three man roster. That just doesn't seem feasible, especially when some of your best talent is in those two position groups. Uh, and then defensively, it's a numbers game. You need more because you don't know what you have. So um, yeah, I I think Andy Isabella per Gambo. He's made the team. We all assume he was going to make the team. How could you not? He had a great preseason. Kudos to him. But will he survive until September 11th on the Cardinal roster? Who who calls up? Can they make a trade? Can you make yourself better? Could you recoup the pick? You just traded away. Wouldn't that be something? Uh, we're going to find out, but keep it locked here. PHNX Cardinals live every day. Like this video. Please like this video. Subscribe to the PHNX Cardinals podcast. Leave us a five-star review. This is your premier Arizona Cardinal podcast. For Bo Brock, I'm Johnny Venerable. We're back tomorrow. See you then.